have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. Brother Robbie, it's so good to see you. The book of Acts, chapter 16. And we're going to read verses 25 and 26. Acts, chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. I'm so grateful why you are finding that. I have some special guests that have traveled from near and far. Or should I say just from far? I have two, and if y'all really want to know what type of pastor I am, if you want to know my character, these are four individuals that you can meet, and they will tell you and ask any questions that you have. But Dr. Carla Spite Mackey, my former assistant pastor, my national adjutant. Can we thank God for Dr. Carla Spite Mackey, Detroit finest, out of Anita Lord Dully, who was a part of our Flint campus and has just been a tremendous asset to me and my family. Elder Vanita Lord Dully from the great city of Flint, Michigan. Then the lady and the gentleman who taught me everything I know about real estate. She was my mentor and still is. She and her husband is here all the way from the great city of Pontiac, Michigan. Sir Walter and Shelba Frazier, can we thank God for them? All right, all right. Y'all happy? All right. It's all right to smile at the preacher. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. Now, God is doing something on the inside of me because I would generally give you the whole chapter. So can we thank God he's doing something on your pastor? <laughs> As Minister Joanne looks at her watch. <laughs> Verse 25, I'm reading from the King James Version. And at midnight, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Verse 26, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. And one person's, and two people, and every, watch your voice, and everyone's bands were loose. Father, we thank you for this moment in time to stand here to declare the counsel of God, to break the bread of life, to say something that will encourage and exhort your people. God, we bless you and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen. I'm so grateful that I was able to speak with Dr. Bolton, and he told me, just be yourself. So I'm going to be my, I want to thank you for letting me be myself. Have you, have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that in the very beginning of something new, that life seems so great and wonderful? No matter if it's starting a new job, or maybe some of you were like on Color Purple, as a married now, you know, when you first got married, you are calling each other at work, 
Mm-hmm. Trying to meet for lunch. Uh, you, you can't wait to get home and you embrace each other when you get to the door. But oh, after a few weeks. After the honeymoon is over. You said, I do, I did, I did what? No matter if it is you go from being single to unavailable. You, you booed up now. It seems real great in the beginning. You, you join a new church, and oh my goodness, everything is wonderful about the church. Everything. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is out of place. You start a new job. And you like everybody. You like the supervisor. You like the owner. You like your neighbors. You like everybody. But you keep working. It is the sure elation and sense of accomplishment. It makes you feel like you are living on top of the world. Anybody ever started anything new? And in that moment, you, you are convinced that the euphoric feeling will last forever. But however, the vicissitudes, the deviations, the changes, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows of life begins to cause us to lose our passion, begins to cause us to lose our drive and causes us to lose our stamina and even our focus on things that once matter. And admittedly, when life throws a curveball, and I've been thrown a many curveballs, when life throws a curveball, oftentimes the first thing that happens is our voice grows silent. You know if somebody's mad at you, the first thing they do is stop speaking. They get short with you, even in text. Uh-huh, yes. They have nothing to say. They can't give you eye contact. And you say, what's wrong? Nothing. Well, how you doing? Fine. You go quiet and you get silent. And let me tell you, that's what the enemy wants is for us to go silent. And, and for two or three years or three or four years, people thought over here on the corner of Albany and Vine that we had gone silent. We might have gone quiet, but we have not gone silent. Why? Because the fire is still here. It never left. So we don't have anything to say. We get very quiet and we get withdrawn, and then we begin to add God to the DNC, the do not call list. You know, God, I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to pray. I don't want to praise. I'm going through something. Satan wants you to exercise your right to remain silent instead of utilizing your authority that resides in your mouth. Do you know God has given us authority in our mouth? That same authority that when he spoke and it became, we still have that same power and authority in our mouth. I wish I had some help in here. Why is it that a little bitty baby, two days old, one day old, one hour old, understands the power that it has in his voice? It cannot feed itself. It cannot change its poop 
diapers. It can't do anything for itself. But it has discovered that if I open my mouth and if I begin to scream and cry out loud, somebody's going to come to my rescue. So how is it that you need help but you can't come to the house of God and open your mouth? I don't know about you, but corona has devastated a lot of us. It has done some things that we wish it had never done. And I can't afford to come here and to keep my mouth closed. I need help. Uh, the baby understands that I can make a 300-pound man move. I can disturb some grown people's sleep because the noise is, is, is I'm a man, so the noise, the crying, especially when it doesn't, when baby doesn't stop right away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care how tired you are, you will get up and go see about the baby. So it is when we open our mouth. God says, who's messing with my baby? Who's messing with my baby? Psalm 34, division of Psalm. Stanza 1 and 3 from the King James Version said, I will. I can just stop right there. And it's not I might. I, it's not I should. I will. Okay, some of the, uh, I will. Bless the Lord. When I'm feeling good. Oh, I know this is a word, church. I know this. I will bless the Lord just on Monday. I will bless the Lord just on Sunday. No, my Bible says I will bless the Lord at whether I'm happy or whether I'm sad. Whether I'm angry, whether I'm mad, whether I'm at all. And this is the part that I like. His praise. His praise shall continually, perpetually be where? In my mouth. A lot of us have confused praise. We shout with our mouth and we dance with our feet. So don't tell me I don't do all of that, but do you have a mouth? <laughs> says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the Lord the humble hear thereof and be glad glad about the praise that's in my mouth Ooh. oh magnify oh lift up Oh, exalt the Lord with me. Come on. I can do it by myself, but it's a whole lot better if I had some help. You didn't go to the club by yourself. You didn't go to the dance floor by yourself. So when we get into the house of the Lord, let us. And let us exalt his name. What did it say? Together. From the New Living Translation said, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord at all times. Do you know that there are times you don't, you don't feel like praising? There are times you got to command 
your body to praise. You got to command your hands to clap. Come on, command your hands to clap right now. You take control of your body. Say, we will bless the Lord. It says, I will boast. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Hmm. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I looked up the word ignite. It means to catch fire or cause to catch fire. It means to arouse or inflame like an emotion or a situation. You know, a fire can spread easily if blown by the wind in dry conditions. So it should be that you should be able to help your neighbor catch on fire, especially if they come in here with their dry self. I want a dry person to sit by me because that means you are just right to catch on fire. They used to say, I wish somebody would catch on fire and burn with the Holy Ghost. So come sit your dry self right by me because I'm a fire setter. I saw Brother Eric jumping and people looked at me. I started jumping too. Why? Because it should be something that causes us to worship and to praise together. An undignified praise. I feel an undignified praise right now. <laughs> when I'm trying to contain it, I feel an undignified praise. If you only knew what it took me to get here, you would be praising him. You don't know my story. I should be dead sleeping in my grave. Yeah, if the enemy had his way, I would have been snuffed off a long time ago. But I'm still here and it's by the grace of God. Hey, hey, hey. So I want to give you my definition of reignite. I feel God. I, I want to give you my definition of reignite because we got to make sure we understand what we are doing. Reignite, my definition, to arouse which means to evoke or awaken, to arouse our desire to love, obey, serve, and trust God until his goodness overflows in us and spill onto others. Can I say it again? My definition of reignite is to arouse, to awaken our desire to love, L. Obey, oh, serve, and trust God until his goodness overflows in us and spill onto others. In other words, I just gave you an acronym. What was it? So we're going to get reunited by getting lost in God. I'm going to love people that don't seem lovable. Why? Because God loved me and he knew I was a sure mess. I'm going to obey God even when I don't want to. I'm going to get up at 6 in the morning and I'm going to get on that call even if I want to keep sleeping. I'm going to serve. I'm going to find somewhere in this church and I'm going to serve with all my might. And then I'm going to trust God with all of my heart and I'm not going to lean into my own understanding. I'm going to trust God until... His goodness overflows in us 
and spill on to others. Tell your neighbor, get lost. Get lost in God. Some of you too lost in yourself. Some of you too lost in other people. But as we get reignited, we're going to get lost in God. So the first fuel source, because if you think about fire, and if the fire has gone dim, uh, you got to add something to it. I, I like to think that I can barbecue. Don't try me because I'll bring some here. I like to think that I can barbecue. But Christina, when I first started, I didn't know that I wasn't putting enough coals in the pit. I put about 10. I had a whole pan of meat that my wife had seasoned to perfection. I had chicken and I had steak and oh, I had wingdings and I was ready. And I had the 12 little coals. And let me tell you, when it first started, that fire was good and hot. I was real proud of myself because I was about to do something, you know. I was about to really make this barbecue sing. I was going to make your tongue slap your lips. That's how good it was going to be. But as I began to put the hamburgers on there, I noticed that it seemed like nothing was happening. I did not know that I did not have enough coals. But can I tell you, I got smart, and like a lot of you, I Googled. Tell me how to make this barbecue sizzle. How, how, do, I, how do I get it going, the flame? How do I get, it says you got to make sure you have enough coals. And it says you got to put the coals in a pile. And then when they start getting white, then you got to spread them out. That way the fire is evenly distributed. That's why when we come into the house of God, we got to make sure that we are evenly distributed because somebody needs God. Somebody's ready to commit suicide. But if we are evenly distributed, somebody's ready to get a divorce. But if they come in here, Brother Bieber, if we are evenly distributed. So I added some coals. I added the rest of the bag. Until when I got through, I asked my wife, do you have any more meat because the fire is still hot? When we leave this place, oh, our fire should not be them it should not be burning out we should be able to have two or three more services so our first fuel source is that that will reunite us is our praise a lot of us in the last three or four years we went quiet a lot of us in the last 18 months with Rona, I can't stand Rona. We're going to pray Rona off the face of the earth. I know I'm being disrespectful because I don't like her. I don't care. I want her gone. Corona. Something looking like Rona. Did, you, did he say Rhonda? No, Rona. Corona. If you are watching, I said Rona. Corona. I don't know Rhonda. <laughs> So right to laugh in church. I said, Rona. Some people looking like, Pastor say he don't like somebody. But what did Rhonda do? I don't know what she did to him. So I called my best friend, my good friend, for probably almost 30 years, overseer Demarcus Pearson, and I put him on the spot, Minister Satchel. I said, tell me what 
your definition of praise is. And without blinking, he said it is the expression of God's worth through man. I said, I like that. The expression of God's worth through man. That's what overseer Demarcus Pearson of Tyler, Texas said. So I took that and I added my own. I gave him credit, but I added my own. I said, I just kind of rearranged it. I said, it is man's outward expression of God's worth. It is man's outward expression. Oh, I praise him in my own way. No, I need to see it. Because you don't know what I came in here dealing with. And if I can see you like Brother Eric jumping around and leaping and giving God praise, then it, then it lets me know that maybe I still have chance. Maybe God still can save my wayward children. Maybe God can still deliver my husband off of drugs. So I said it is man's outward expression of God's worth. Psalm 101. My trusted advisor said, don't be up there long, so I want my trusted advisor to know I'm hearing Psalm 100, the first stanza, 100th division of songs said, make a joyful noise. The reason why it's noise, because it's only noise if you don't like how it sounds. I was at the red light the other day and a car pulled up on side of me blasting Metallica. I did not like it. I said, I wish they turned that noise down. And so when you think about praise, it only sounds like noise to you because you don't like it. Oh, but when you like it, it don't have to be on key. It don't have to be near the key. It don't even have to be on the keyboard. You, you just let it out. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, do it, Jesus. That's what I like about praise. It don't have to be choreographed. Somebody said when you dance, you look like a chicken. Well, guess what? Finger licking good. I got to move. I got to move. Make a joyful noise unto the pastor. Make a joyful noise unto the ministers. No, so don't come and talk about I'm not going to praise today because I'm mad at sister so-and-so. They don't have nothing to do with God. You leave that on the outside and bring your praise on the inside. And in fact, if you need to bring it, bring it and leave it at the altar. Yeah. So praise is man's outward expression of God's worth. And God said, that's why you got to tell him, everybody see my worth differently. And so you praise on the level of your, how you see God's worth in your life. And if you've never been healed from cancer, then maybe you don't understand why I run around the church. If you've never been fighting for your life for anything, maybe you don't understand why I leap and jump the way I do. If you've never been hungry and didn't have any food in the cupboard, then maybe you don't understand my praise. But because I'm still here and it's by the grace of God, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. Good to see you, Teacher Brown. Yes, it's good to see you. So, guess what? It's time. I didn't even give y'all my subtopic. My subtopic, Dr. Bolton, is it's time to squeal like a pig. It's time to squeal like a pig. Maybe this will help you understand it. There was a woman 
that was visiting some people that lived on a farm. And when she pulled up to the farm, she noticed there was a pig walking around with a wooden leg. Pig was walking around limping. So she asked the farmer, excuse me, but can you help me understand why in the world is this pig limping with a wooden leg? And to her surprise, the farmer said, oh, Betsy, Betsy is a wonderful pig. He said, one night the house caught on fire. And she squealed so loud that we were able to get up and get out of the house and call the fire department before the house was destroyed. Oh, Betsy is a wonderful pig. She said, okay. He says, that, that's interesting, but I, I still don't understand. The farmer said, well, let me explain a little further. He said, that's not all Betsy did. He said, one day my youngest fell into the pond. She couldn't swim. And y'all know what Betsy did? She began to squeal so loud that she got our attention and we were able to pull my child out of the pond. The woman says, that's really amazing, but I still don't understand why the pig is limping with a wooden leg. And this is what the farmer looked, the farmer looked at and said. He said, well, when, when you have a pig that's special, you don't want to eat him all at once. So let me tell you what I learned from Betsy. We got to let our praise squeal so loud until others get saved. It's because of her squeal that they didn't burn in the house. It was because of Betsy's squeal that the child didn't die in the pond. Who can benefit from your squeal? I learned from Betsy, Minister Persephone, I learned that when life takes a bite out of you, being a praiser allows you to keep standing. I might come in limping, but I'm still standing. I might not have it all together, but I'm still standing. Why? Because when you are a praiser, the enemy may take a bite out of you, but you keep on standing. So don't look at me funny when I begin to praise. Don't look at me crazy because you don't know what I've been through to even be here today. I don't need musicians. I can praise them by myself. I learned, I learned from Betsy that praise make you so special to God that the enemy can't consume you. If it seemed like the enemy been trying to consume you, maybe you need to reunite your praise. Maybe you need to awaken your praise and begin to praise God, the God of your salvation. Praise him when you don't have a B3 organ. Praise him when you don't have drums. Praise him when nobody is around. Hey! I'm almost done. My trusted advisor, I'm almost done. So in our lesson text, Paul and Silas were stripped and beaten and thrown in jail because they were on their way to the place of prayer. And can I tell you, prayer still has a place. Prayer still works. 
Prayer unlocks doors. Prayer gives God permission to intervene in our situation in the earth. They were on their way to the place of prayer. Put, put prayer back in your marriage. Put prayer back on your children. Put prayer back in our church. I know this is a praying church. I know this is a worshiping church. They were on their way to the place of prayer. And there was this young girl that was following behind them. And they said, Shepherd, this went on for many days. She was following behind them saying, these are men of the most high. They come to show us the way. So after a while, Paul got frustrated because he realized this girl was a fortune teller. And that if he did not silence her, they was going to give credit to that spirit that was operating in her. That's why some of you have to be silent. Especially if your spirit is not right. Oh, 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 okay. And so it says that he turned and he rebuked the spirit in her. And immediately the spirit came out. Where the slave girl's owners got offended because now they had lost their ability to make money. Make sure somebody's not making money on your back. Okay. So they were brought before the magistrates and they were thrown in jail in the inner parts of the jail. And now it brings me to verse 25. It said, and at midnight, weeping may endure for a night, but I need to tell liberty, joy is here. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? Prayed and did what? Prayed and sang praises until God, this is a part of light, and the prisoners heard, and the prisoners heard them. So you all have heard, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise continue to be in my mouth. You heard all of the scriptures, and yet some of you don't praise. Well, let me help you. Think about Bessie. If you don't want to praise for you, praise for somebody else. <laughs> And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. My first point out of three. I only got three today. I don't know about next week, but today I got three. The first thing is you got to do is allow adverse conditions to activate your praise. You have to allow adverse conditions to activate your praise. If they were beaten, thrown in jail... With, with chains on them, and yet they still can pray and praise, then what are we doing? I just don't, I don't feel like praising. They, they probably didn't either. I don't know about you, but jail is not a place for me. And if I could be honest, Tamika, if I could be honest, I don't know that in that first moment I'd be, this little light of mine, oh Lord. I don't know that, can I be real? I don't know if that would be my first response. But they did. They allowed adverse conditions to what? Activate their praise. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Point number two, your praise can disturb the atmosphere in your favor. Your praise can disturb the atmosphere, not only in your favor, but in the favor of those around you. So if you don't want to praise for you, praise for somebody on your row. 
My third point, you got to take the chains off your praise so others can be free. You know, I just don't want to mess up my hair. That's all right. This is a new suit. That's all right. Sweat it out. Why? Because if you don't do it for you, do it for somebody else. Number one, allow adverse conditions to what? Activate your praise. Number two, your praise can disturb the atmosphere in your favor and those around you. And number three, take the chains off. This is what the chains could look like. But when the chains come off, I feel like running, I feel like jumping, I feel like clapping. So excuse me while I take the chains off because there are others on the corner of Albany and Vine that needs to be free. I even have people in my family that need to be free. I have people on my job that need to be free. I'm done. I'm done. Bessie the pig reminds us that we should let our praise squeal so loud until others get saved. When life takes a bite out of you, being a praiser allows you to keep standing. I might have to limp in here, but I'm still standing. Might got a bad report from the doctor, but I'm still standing. Might have received a pink slip from the job, but I'm still standing. I might be limping, I might be crawling, but I'm still standing. Praise makes you so special to God that the enemy can't consume you. For some of you, it's time to reignite by adding the fuel of praise. Everybody's standing because I'm getting ready to give you an opportunity to reignite. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to keep giving you fuel sources to reignite us. But guess what? Some of you have two or three coals already in the pit. I need you to go and get the whole bag. I need you to go for broke. We got people on the prayer list that we're praying for. We have people in this neighborhood and community that we're praying for. So guess what? Hold it, Sean. I don't want any musicians playing right now because guess what? Said it heard them. There was no music. I'm getting ready to challenge you to reignite by giving God praise. I'm not asking you to dance with your feet, but if you feel led, go for it. But what I am asking you to do is open your mouth to where the people in the neighborhood begin to hear that we will cause a shift in the atmosphere, that their bands will be loosed in Jesus' name. When I do this, then y'all come in. Y'all ready? Some of you like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready. Then you're you, you not going to have meat that's done. Your meat's still going to be raw. But for those of you who said, I, I need God to do something, not only in my life but in, the, uh, in others' life, or I'm just going to do it because I know that God is getting ready to reignite this place and where we won't have room, even in a pandemic.
want you to open your mouth. I'm going to count to three. Open your mouth. And I want you to Shabbat. That means a loud, exuberant shout. I want you to Shabbat the Lord. Open your mouth and with the voice of triumph, give the Lord praise. I'm going to count to three, and I want them to hear all the way down Vine, all the way down Albany. Are y'all ready? One, two, three. Open your mouth and bless God in here. Hey, hey. Come on, come on, come on. He's worthy. He's worthy. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, his praises shall, his praises shall be in my mouth. Uh, come on, bless him, bless him, bless him. Yes, Lord. In my grandmother's church, they would say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. My soul say yes. My soul say yes. Yeah. Woo. I will bless the Lord at all times, whether I'm happy or whether I'm sad. I will, I will. Come on, don't get tired. Bless the Lord. Come on and bless the Lord. Come on and bless the Lord. Hey! He's worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun until the setting of the same. Come on with your hands lifted. Everybody ought to praise him.
right now.